Hallelujah. Good evening, fellow men. How are you doing? Are you surviving? <laughs> um, it's, my, it's my privilege to stand here before you. I bring greetings from a beautiful lady called Christine Songo Chaze. Hallelujah. We've been married since 1988. I proposed to her in 1981 and married her 88 years later because I fell in love early. I saw her when she was in senior four and I was just in senior five and I booked early to you to avoid inconvenience. <laughs> the amazing thing, the amazing thing is love sometimes comes early. Um, but I think in its infancy, it may not be interpretable. I went to a school called Old Kampala Primary School which I joined in 1966. Before some of you were born. <laughs> 1966. In 1972, I guess, a young girl joined that school and it was my wife. I noticed. And I was very playful during break time and we used to fight every break time. Those who were grown by then, you remember the days of Power Mike and Okiroro, those men who used to come in Kampala and do wrestling. So as growing students, we had break time to become power mic and we would fight. But whenever Christine would pass by, I would be energized to fight. <laughs> to, to fight better. Because I would think at least I would lose it if she's not, she has not noticed. But since she's around, I must end this battle well. So, I didn't know that was love. <laughs> but it grew. And uh, when she was doing her senior four, I saw her after a long while, and something told me, that's your wife. I'd resolved early in my life that I will never befriend a woman unless she's the one I'm going to marry. That resolution came in my life early because I hated my father's life. I hated his alcohol, hated his fighting with mom, hated his extramarital affairs. And as a young child, because he gave birth to five of us, 
whenever they would be fighting with mommy, it would be me to jump on his back to put up a struggle. And he would throw me across the room. So I resolved that never in my life will I be like my father. I refuse to take alcohol. I refuse that I will ever befriend a girl or sleep with her unless I'm going to marry. And I vowed that I shall be for one woman. That was before my salvation. So when the Lord came, he just seasoned. He added in a little salt and stabilized the wheels. And here we are. So... God blessed me with four children, two boys and two girls. Three of them married. Um, get me, my, my brother-in-law died early, left me with three others. One is marrying next week. I'm congratulating on this Saturday. So I, I'm blessed. I'm blessed, friends. Now, one thing I was scared of is this workshop because I was wondering, speaking to fellow soldiers in the same battle, how will it be? <laughs> and uh, where to begin and where to end is, is something difficult. But first of all, I want you to give yourself a round of applause because you came to church. Very few people know how important it is this moment you have taken to sit there and listen. There is a book written by T.D. Jacks called He Motions. Has anyone read that book? He Motions. And you know, the touching story in that book is of a very busy young, very busy man who has a habit of keeping fish in his small aquarium, automated top-range aquarium. And he often goes away, but automatically fixes his aquarium to feed his goldfish while he's away. The aquarium gives the food and regulates the temperature. And uh, it's moving that in that book he, he records that uh, he went for a journey. I don't know how long it took, but when he came back and opened the house, he, he had a smell of fish soup. Soup. <laughs> what the aquarium had done, it had failed to switch off. The thermostat failed to switch off. So it cooked. It cooked the fish. But in his moaning and grieving for his fish and hugging that aquarium and wondering, he was asking himself, how was it when the temperature kept on increasing? Did the fish scream? <laughs> Who can hear the screams of a fish? Did the fish, what did they do? And of course, 
there in the aquarium, those which were not fully done with their mouths open, he said, those are silent screams of a fish. Even when they shout, no one can hear. So you boil them easy. Um, I'm paraphrasing that story a little bit, but it's a book which is very available in our libraries. And it, it ends up him saying that men die like fish. They don't scream. All they have got silent screams. So the man you are seated beside is screaming, but we can't hear. <laughs> that guy you are seeing. <laughs> you, you, you don't know what to say. You don't know who to speak to. We live in a culture where when you speak about the problems you go through, someone just tells you, don't become a crybaby here. You're a man. And when you read the stories of men and how we die on Monday, you know, because most heart attacks happen on Monday. <laughs> It is only at your funeral that people get to know how big the challenges you are carrying were and how you had put on such a resistance to walk through a very trying moment. Now, for my years pastoring men, as the, the, my brother, the provost, was saying, Elon, we see ladies, ladies know how to scream. You, you know it, you know it. They have already told you and how much it will cost. But you knew it. <laughs> but you are dying quietly. Dying quietly. They tell you when school fees are due, they talk, they talk. We keep quiet. Only we get annoyed when we are reminded. <laughs> so it goes without saying that a man, the way we are brought up, especially even in the African communities, we keep quiet when we are dying. And when you become a Christian, then it becomes even worse. Because I think the Christian man is more unattended than even the non-believer because an unbeliever, a non-believer kind of goes to a bar and reacts and he drinks and they shout and they do what but for you you are trained to keep quiet and to be humble Sirika <laughs> okakane huh? and you know those are not manly instincts those are very subdued instincts. So how to live this life? Uh, I was thinking about so many build-ups for this message. For the moment we'll be together, I pray that I may not talk through all this, that we may get a little bit interactive, but I need to clear the air for some issues. 
you know, in, in, um, in Revelations 5, let me read a few things here. My son, come, we lift this, and I draw closer to my Is it permitted? Okay. There are things they call immovable furniture. You continue thinking. <laughs> in Revelations 5.13, there is a session of worship in heaven. Why am I beginning in heaven? You know, it's clear we always say it, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in theology, we are taught that good theology brings good anthropology. If you fail to connect well with God, you will not connect well with man. Deuteronomy 6 will say here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall have no other God. You shall, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. You connect with God, and you shall love your neighbor as you Then you connect with men. The connections we try to make with men have been futile because we have failed to have a proper grip of God. We, we fail to understand God and we lose the, the, the blueprint of what shall be, should be done. So that's why I'm proposing to think about Revelations 3, 5 and verse 13, which, if I may read, which suggests the following. Revelations 3, 5, sorry. But you guys know each other. Eh? You often talk to one another. All your strangers to one. Once one way. You, you have no other group. This is your army. <laughs> I, I one day was going to a church where they are providing taxis to go to church. I sat in it because I was going to minister there. And I was wondering, people who go to the same church, but they don't talk. They are quiet. Up to the church door, then they, after entering, they could sing together, but they don't talk. But you need to, to break some ice in this conference. And you guys, you need to interact. Yeah? Now listen to this. I'm taking, I'm just going to dive in on verse 8. Uh-oh. Verse 11. Then I looked, chapter 5, verse 11. Then I looked and I heard a voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying in a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessings. You get time and... It's a worship session, but God opened my eyes one time to say, to, to show me that worship is when you declare things that belong to God. <laughs> you attribute them to him. And really God was revealing to me that what happens is that in daily life, God releases those things to us. Power, glory, honor, 
eh, strength, riches, and you find them in the life, your life. When they come, worship is for you to attribute them back to God. Novizayo, it is not yours, it belongs to him. He releases it to you and people say, this man has got wisdom, then glory to God. <laughs> this man has got money, then glory to God. You use the attributes he has given to you to declare them to the right one to whom it belongs. Can I get an amen there? So if you remember the airport, those of you who travel, there's when you arrive, that place where uh, there, there's a green entrance and a red entrance, things to declare, things not to declare. And when you have things to declare, it is not about your luggage speaking it out. It is your heart that knows that in this box here, there are things I need to declare. If I do not declare them, I've stolen them. Or I've cheated someone. Amina. Now, even for us, in our relationships, you enter home and you know there are things to declare. And things that you can cheat. But the question for me as a married man, and you know, I score myself and I always score myself a little bit low on so many things. Because I always think that if I was given an opportunity to restart my marriage, I would have done even better. The, the, the problem is that you began it without a PhD. You didn't have any clue about a marriage. You started a marriage and you are surprised of things unfolding. You, 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 your expectations maybe were deferred and you are a, an eternal complainant. Are you, are you getting me, friends? <laughs> you are in a situation, you got married, and there are expectations. I wrote down some expectations. Number one, fun. Fun. You want a home which is fun. I don't know whether, did anyone expect that in his home? Fun. Fun, generated by who? <laughs> because sometimes we, we think things will happen to us, but we need to happen them. Hmm? Fun. They must be fun. But the chief generator is the husband. Believe it or not. Go read it in Genesis 26. When you see the Bible says, and Abimelech looked through the window and he saw, huh? he saw Isaac playing with Rebekah. Now, you, you need to get some commentaries and, and even do the, the Greek, or the, do the, what do they call them? Uh, synonyms of that, the Greeks, the pregnancy of that word playing. And ask yourself, what was he doing? You will, you, 
you will enjoy the other words. Some, he was sporting. He was playing. He was entertaining. He was making her happy. He was, you know, the other words that come with that word do not suggest that he was having sex. But he had a way of entertaining his wife. You, you, you go do your independent study. The chief entertainer, to look at your neighbor and tell him, you are the chief entertainer. <laughs> I tell you. But you know, I had an uncle, he was the chief terrorizer. <laughs> he would terrorize home. He had a cricket bat. You know the cricket bat? He would arrive home and he would chase everyone for no reason. <laughs> but, but the expectation of fun. Let me, let me go. The esteem that you need to get in your family, in your house. Fun, esteem. Let me go through them quickly because we, 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 we don't have a lot of time. Fun, esteem, love. Love is funny. Fun may be there, but love not felt. Hmm? Love, commitment. You know, our wives want to know, are you committed? Are you given to this? Are you committed to the success of our family? Are you committed to the success of your children? Are you committed to me and us? Unfortunately, the way we are wired, we are very committed to our work, career, than we were, we are, to our homes. I tell you, I tell you, and sometimes we do not even think we need to have a home. We just feel, you are so drunk with your career, your job, that you do not even think about those at home. I'll, I'll share a little bit on that. Attention, you know, attention. You, you, you know, you can easily be in a marriage where there is no attention on you. Much money. And sometimes we do it to our partners. Huh? And they feel like they're an invisible party in the house. Or because there is no, you do not pay attention. Then she says, did you notice my hair? Have you ever heard that? <laughs> sometimes I come speaking in tongues. And I forget that she did her hair. <laughs> And it's a moment, it's just a moment of attention. And you're saying, oh, they did these eyebrows nice. They did well. Give it a moment. Hmm? Attention. Attention. <laughs> 
she walks, she dresses and passes by. Then she does a second go. And you, you are busy looking at the TV. <laughs> Arsenal is about to score. expected attention and they too expected protection protect us hmm? you are the first line of defense you know sometimes our wives are fighting wrong battles but they want to hear at least say yeah mama muchala wangi chogamba chitufu singa tuchirongo samukatun Just don't go quiet. Hmm? Why do you let them come at me? Why? You know, recently I had a drama at home. A, I, I, someone put a hen in my car for me to eat. I, I didn't look at the hen. So when we reached home, they got the hen out. I didn't look at it, not even twice. But I thanked the person who gave me the hand. Told her, honey, whatever you have given to me, God bless you, things be well. But I didn't look at the hand. And it was at home for two days. Then I come home and they have cooked the hand. Then a few minutes later, the neighbor comes and he says, we had a cook crying in this compound. You stole our hand. So I, I, I tell this guy, I don't know. <laughs> what I know is that uh, we, had, we have hens here. And once in a while we eat one. He said, no, you ate my hen. And, and I said, well, we shall give you another one. But when I went to the bedroom, my wife was asking, who's that making? I told him it's not a big deal. It is just a hen issue. And the neighbor thinks we are going to eat his hen for the night. And I've promised him a hen through my son. He will deliver it. Then my wife said, no, but we needed to explain. This is, was a broiler. This, this, I didn't know the details. I told her. My wife, I protect you from this. You shall not appear in a discussion concerning a hen. I know you can win it, but this time I protect you. Of course, in that house, they need provision. Believe it or not, our wives will never get convinced that you don't have money. They may check everything, but they'll say, still guy on I know has it a day. 
Because you are the key provider. And that's it. So, we cheat one another when those things do not appear. Let me do another round here. This, I downloaded from a, a website. Very simple. Because how do I know I'm cheating? Because, you know, we always think cheating is going away with another woman. But, you know, we cheat in many ways. Extramarital affairs are not necessarily you getting a woman. You may be having an extramarital affair with Liverpool, with Chelsea. Oh, my wife used to make me laugh. Forms of cheating, we cheat in the following ways. We sometimes are emotionally cheating. Emotionally. My, my son told me frankly that, Daddy, we have not felt your emotional presence. And I, I scored myself and I said sincerely, yeah, I wouldn't score myself high. Because the time when I was very there was the time I would have been very there is the time when they had gone to do their university. The time when life was beginning and I did not have a second trouser, no pair of shoes, I was running around the world chasing the future. I provided everything including toys and everything. But their age was not registering that. The registering age begins at age 16 when they have gone to do other things and I, they have demanded that they need to study abroad. And I've worked my back off to make sure that they are in school. But then I'm poor at making phone calls. I cannot call foreign nations every day. But the mother calls daily. And I didn't know it is something I'll count for. So when they come back, daddy, you have not been around. Your emotional presence has not been felt. When exams were coming, when we needed that call, you were not there. Emotionally cheating our, our wives, our children, physical cheating. Physically cheating. We physically cheat because we do not declare all. I, I was in a divorce process of a pastor divorcing his wife. Very dirty story. A wife who had already built three houses. And the pastor is beginning, believing that they are beginning to build their family house. The wife somehow had a way of getting to the money and other monies and caused him to pay without him knowing that she's building a house. Then she had a farm. 
I told him, how could you not know all this? And he said, I was busy preaching. I was busy preaching. As his wife was expanding physically. She had seven taxis in town. They had one account, declared family account. They were sharing an account, but she had four others. But even that can be, flip, can be flipped and it can be done by men. You have a lot and you declare less. So we can cheat one another physically. We can, we can cheat one another sexually. That is the one we know. The, the, the other woman, the standby woman. Side dish. Side dish provides everything. You go home when you have had enough. And even no begging, no explanation. You don't have to go to well. You arrive for, for, she gives everything and you go back home tired. Sexual cheating. Cyber cheating. You know these days that is there. I was in a church when they made an altar call for phones to come to the altar. And I was surprised how many people carried their phones to be saved. <laughs> Cyber cheating. I had a case one time in church where, you know, the situation with these phones has gone so far. This, this man was on the net checking whatever pornography sites. Then he came to a site where there were nudes. No heads, but then Somehow, he, he realized this body is for my wife. Hmm? And he's shocked because now he has to share it. But how? And this private part is for my wife. What is it doing on the site? Hmm? Then he came and told me. He said, Pastor, I'm dying. I said, what? I went on a site and I saw the nude of my wife there. I told him, what were you doing on the site? <laughs> now, you know the problem? He had fixed an appointment, called his mother-in-law, hmm? called his, the wife, his mother-in-law, me, of course, and him. And he had a case to present. I told him, whatever complaints you have, please do not bring this up. So it's going to be hard. How are you going to? He said, I'm in trouble. I need to present this one. I told him, how are you going to win this case? And we sat there because he had his papers and he presented, my wife does this, my wife does this, my wife does it. And finally, he said, my wife, 
I was on the cyber and I caught you there. And he had printed out the paper. And I told him, please do not, he said, okay, I won't, but it is here. And he said to the wife, isn't this your, you? And the woman said, yes, but I sent that picture to our doctor in South Africa. Huh? And to check. Hmm? And she said, you have two alternatives for that. To give me money and I go see the doctor physically. All I send him the material. Hmm? It wasn't good. <laughs> and she said, I don't know what it does with the pictures, but I sent it and it's mine and I don't know how you got to it. Now that is chapter two. <laughs> And my brother sweated explaining his part. Because for her, she told her, he told him, didn't I tell you on this day that I'm having this problem? Told me you don't have money. Took a picture, sent it to our doctor. You can call him. What he does with the material afterwards, I do not know. So now, that will be discussed. Cyber cheating. Financial cheating, we have talked about that. And there's what they call micro-cheating. I checked it out, and what they literally mean is you have found a way of not having sex but being satisfied by the presence of women. And you know, you, you don't really go up to, but you go somewhere close to. Pardon? Micro, micro cheating is you have found a way of enjoying the presence of other women. Some people even pay for it. They pay for someone to be nude before them. They pay for someone, but they don't go far. They just pay that. That is what's going on in, yes. Yeah, they, they smell underwears, they do what? Uh-huh. So, fellow men, Deuteronomy 6 has got a story. Those of you who enjoy theology, you may do a study about the, the multiplying of men on earth, children of men on earth. Let me read that. And I, I think we shall open up a bit and discuss our challenge and what we can do. Are we okay? Sorry, Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. And it came to pass when man began to multiply on the face of the earth, verse 1, 
and the daughters were born to and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose and the Lord saw said in his spirit my spirit shall not strive with men forever for indeed for he is indeed flesh yet his days shall be 120 there were giants nephilim on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of god came into the daughters of men and bore children to them have you read that story have you ever when please do it studiously go back get a commentary and if you can uh, try to see where we are heading because the Bible says as it was in the days of Noah and of course the days of Lord so shall the world be. There is a problem. When you look at that story daughters of men were beautiful. Men here do not deny the fact women are beautiful. I'm generalizing here. I know you have your religious part where you say it's only my wife and that will save you a lot of trouble. But the actual point is, if you read that story, it is the attractiveness of these women that created the conundrum you see in chapter 6 because you go check out the word beautiful and attracted the attention of an angelic level. When you read, go read about Gregory's, the, the watchers. The women were beautiful on earth and caused the chaos in the heavenly realm. You see it. Are you listening? You go in Jude chapter, Jude verse 6, and it will say, angels who did not keep their estate. Why? It is not because they were fighting. Uh, you, you need to do that theology yourself. They were not fighting for the throne. They were fighting to come and marry the daughters of men. And they gave birth to Nephilim, a kind of people who were corrupt for, to the core. There is a verse you will love to, to study there. It says the, the Nephilims were there then and even now. I'm spiritualizing something here. Now, a woman passing by is an attractive force. You go do the Greek and you see it's not only beautiful but attraction. Go read the word attraction in Greek. Attractive, magnetic. They were created to be so. If we went in the chapel, I'd ask the, the, my young man to select some women for you to see and how they paralyze the world. Now we need to agree to a point that the most dangerous creature on earth is woman. <laughs> I 
wanobo koze real study ojakulaba emyoyo nti ba malaika abata abata kuma bifobia ne bajaba wase now one one goes to remember you are an angel you are an angel the angels say as singing you are a woman you will see that there now they come in and the angels took women as they wished because they were attracted and they other stories which you may read in your study, you realize there was a chaotic effect in the angelic realm when this was happening because of the attractiveness of women. Now, when I was listening to Reverend here, I, I, I said, I wish we knew how vulnerable we are. We are. We are. I, I, I admit that one of the most powerful forces moving the earth that can cause a man to forget his dream, forget his destiny, forget his wife, forget his job, is a woman. Go to London and see that prince leaving a palace and going to America because of a woman. Go to any place you see. We have seen just recently we saw a pastor's child completing a degree because the pastor stopped paying school fees and started paying for his concubine. Omukazi. You can forget your home. You can forget your job. There is a brother I knew. We got saved together. And one day his wife told me, Michael, you need to go to Entebbe every Friday. My husband flies out with the woman just to go and have sex and fly back. I took that brother Numka, my brother, how much money do you spend for sex? He said, who told you? I told him that the, the, the world is reporting you. They now know your schedule and the girl you go with. I said, he said, I, I thought no one notices. I told him, how can no one notice when you buy a ticket, fly out, go into a hotel, and fly back on Sunday? Hiding because of one woman and forgetting your family. So, fellow men, I don't know what you are going through, but I can empathize with you because I know many of us are going through many challenges. Can we advise one another? Can we contribute to this talk? I give you a few minutes to come and help us. Let's appreciate Pastor.